This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 251 of It's All Tim's Fault. That's <laughs> not my fault this time because we're on two episodes in a row now in our schedule, so things are looking better. <laughs> but as always, my name is Tim, joining you on this episode, and along with me for the ride is, of course, Dane. And Dane, I know we we're actually just talking about, you always start an episode with a random question for me, but I actually did have one for you. <laughs> oh, you do? Wow. I just thought okay. of it because... I was looking at your Skype picture, and you've had yeah. it for so long, but you just recently changed your Twitter picture to an awesome <laughs> Batman image. I was wondering, will you ever be tempted to change your Skype profile picture to what it is now, or is it just so synonymously you know, mixed in with your Skype profile that it always has to be the like, that is your Skype identity now, that picture. Will it ever be changed? Well, Tim, if you ever change it from, uh, change yours from, uh captain rex there then yep. i will i will in fact change it well it looks yeah. like we're going to be stuck with our sky pictures forever because i don't think i'm ever going <laughs> to change my captain rex picture because <laughs> i was asking you that because that's kind of how i feel now like that image of rex is just you know that's how it's always been for my skype <laughs> profile i've never wanted to change never it never changed and... it yeah been using this over a decade now and what's the point of changing it when it's this long <laughs> Yeah, and and plus to like I to be honest, I I can't even remember how to change my Skype. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd probably take longer than it's worth to figure out where it is where it's at to where you change yeah. it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean the only reason why I changed my um, Twitter uh, handle or profile picture was uh, because I had I had a bunch of. Um, uh, porn accounts <laughs> randomly follow me so like i was like okay i'm gonna close it up again um and so i i had to go look up the the setting to make your twitter um locked yeah and i was like oh i should change my profile picture what should i change it to uh what do i have on my um my camera roll on my phone oh okay this one is good <laughs> so i picked it yeah yeah, so if you guys haven't seen it yet, do a search for Dane Says Banana to see his awesome Batman profile picture. 
<laughs> I guarantee you probably won't find too many with that image. <laughs> Batman yeah. has their profile. Uh, but my favorite is my, um, what do you call it? The Twitter background uh-huh. yeah. picture. I don't know if you've seen it before, Tim, but um, it's from the, uh, I believe it's from the TMNT television show, the live action television show. Oh, no. The next mutation. Yeah, the next mutation. The one thing worse than the coming out of the Shells concert tour is that TV yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think I've noticed that when you change the profile picture. See, I'm going to have to check that out now. Yeah, you got to yeah, take a look at it. Um, it, it was either going to be that one or it was going to be the, uh, the head of the, uh, or the animatronic head of the, um, the uh, the suits from the movie, uh. the TMNT <laughs> movie, but but not then. Now how they've deteriorated. Yeah. I've seen those images. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's sad. Yeah, it was gonna be one of the two. I mean, he, what is that? Styrofoam or kind of <laughs> like? Yeah, well, whatever the material does not silicone? last. Silicone. Yeah, does not last. Does not last decades. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't it doesn't it's uh it'll it's uh nightmare inducing if, yeah. you, if you want nightmares definitely take a look at those yeah yeah you have been warned <laughs> <laughs> so yeah go check out dane's twitter profile he won't be disappointed and you'll guaranteed some laughs, <laughs> yeah i also thought it was a good idea to take away like um the link to the show just mm. in case you know like I don't know, maybe these people that run the accounts or whatever might click on the link or whatever, take them to our show or Batman Universe, just in case. But, but we want more hits and listens. I mean, you shouldn't take it off, regardless <laughs> of their stand account. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, like, what are those those accounts for? Is that just this... Um, make you click a link and then like infect your phone yeah, or your just computer you viruses and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that's what it's for. Uh, well, hopefully they, they leave me alone and I can open up my, my, uh, yes. my Twitter again. <laughs> Don't deprive the, any followers of your amazing Twitter account, Dave. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, I haven't tweeted in like two years, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I want to say it was when Solo was coming out. No, I think you had to be, it had to be sooner than that. That's five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we'll look it up. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I, I read Twitter. I don't uh, tweet myself. Yeah, I, I think I tagged you. Uh, more than you've tweeted whenever I post about our new episode coming out. <laughs> wow. You have more tags than tweets. You know what? You, you got me curious, Tim. Hold on one second. I know this is fascinating. Uh, uh, yeah, something that listeners can do here. on their own, but we want to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three years ago? Yeah, that, it's, it was that's solo. Still a pretty good gap. Okay, solo. so it's a, it was about solo, but not when solo came out. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. about your replies? Like you have to reply. Maybe you replied sooner to a tweet than you actually. 
did win your uh, championship? 2022. 8 3 22. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's last year. So, what, what was that reply tweet? Uh, just to uh, Mark, actually. Hold on, let me bring it up again. Time. Reply. Oh, uh, Mark tweeted, uh, every day after work, I feel I need to lay down in a dark room and not talk for an hour. <laughs> I replied, hey, you ain't alone on that one, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, at least you're providing some comfort and relatability to Mark. So it's a, yeah. it was a good comfort tweet. <laughs> and the last time I replied to you or the saga continues uh, Twitter handle was. Uh, Wait, let me see if I remember what this is. I think I do. I what is it? So the one I'm thinking of, at least the one I last remember you replying was, we were asking about your favorite moments from the Obi Wan TV series, and you replied with a screenshot of the credits of Flea. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, it. you got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's my favorite Star Wars credit. I, I will say that. <laughs> How could it not be? <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway. That's today's history lesson of Jane, or Dane's uh, Twitter profile. Indeed. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> I rarely tweet, but when I do, it's uh, something stupid. Yeah. We'll, we'll <laughs> let you know on the podcast when Dane tweets, just so you can be aware. <laughs> Since his account yeah. is locked. So. <laughs> yeah. But with that, I guess we can move right along into our Lord of the Rings oh, Tim, Fellowship sorry. of the Ring commentary. Sorry, I just thought of a question. Oh, make a quick thing, come on. Yeah, okay. So no long answers, Tim. Okay? I just want the name of the, uh, of the thing. Okay? What was the first concert you went to? Oh, that's easy. Paul McCartney, back in 1992. Oh, where he was okay. uh, doing a tour for his Off the Ground album. That, okay. Well, now, so now you're making me think of a funny story. <laughs> what happened, Tim? So what it's happened? like, this is obviously, my dad's a huge Beatle fan, huge Paul McCartney fan, and this was going to be a show he wanted to you know, take his kids to see for the first time. So he was excited about it. So, of course, this was the days before you could buy tickets online. So we had to go to a Tower Records early on a Saturday morning to try to get these tickets and he brought pretty much all, all of us my whole family my two brothers obviously my mom so we could all get wristbands and to see uh to have a better chance of getting tickets early and better seats and it was a pretty big line so we're all there and even someone online i remember making a comment like to my dad oh like you're really smart you brought your kids to try to get like tickets soon <laughs> or better chance of getting good tickets so we're, we're all at the line, and they're going to call your wristband number. So it doesn't matter where you're at in the line. It just matters what your wristband number is. And guess whose wristband got called first, Dane? Oh, I, I'm guessing it's yours, Tim. Of is course. It? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they call my number. I, I didn't know what to do, so my dad pretty much grabs me and picks me up <laughs> and starts going <laughs> to the ticket booth to purchase the tickets. So we did get... We got ground level seats. It was at um, Angel Stadium, actually, in Anaheim, oh. where it was. So it was like kind of good seats and kind of not, because good we were on the ground level, but we were kind of towards the side, like on the right side. So it wasn't like we we're in the middle to like see the full stage. We we're kind of more towards the corner. So it was it was good, but not great. <laughs> but it was a fun experience getting those tickets. And 
uh being my first concert i i was like i got a little freaked out so, <laughs> like a little nervous like a little mini panic attack before it started wow. but i calmed down and later enjoyed the show but that was my first concert you 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 uh, was it the crowd that yeah, I think it was like it was a crowd anticipation of like loud music and noise and stuff. So just like anticipation of it was freaking me out a little bit. Uh, I see. I see. So Paul McCartney was your first concert, huh? Yep. Wow. What a first concert, Tim. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a great name to throw out there. <laughs> it yep. doesn't get much bigger than that. And I'm guessing the last concert you went to was uh, 311? Yep, last three eleven yeah. day, which is going to be a year ago. Hard to believe already. I can't even remember what my last concert was, or my first concert. Uh, first concert was uh, Jimmy Eat World. Mm, okay, about what yeah. year? Uh, the middle tour, but I mean uh, a Bleed American tour. But, okay, early two thousand. Uh, the song didn't come out yet. <laughs> oh wow! So, <laughs> oh no, no, sorry. Uh, the 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 song came out, and um, everybody was yelling uh, to play the middle the whole time. <laughs> and it's uh, like you know they're gonna play it. Just wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, what happened was everybody was you know telling him to or yelling at them to play the middle. And somebody threw a water bottle and hit somebody, and they all walked off. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Did they come back, or was that yeah, the yeah, show? they came back okay. after a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was my oh. first concert. Yeah, oh, Jimmy World. I, I was, I had to have been like eleven or twelve. Um, I couldn't actually because the concert was at like a, um, a bar. Mm, okay. It, it's called it was called the uh, Pipeline Cafe, um, and um, I couldn't actually get in. So what you do is you just there's a lot of military here. And there's mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're they're usually cool, and so you just shoulder, shoulder tap and ask if you can uh, if they can get you in. <laughs> yeah, I did that for for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Until your appropriate age. <laughs> yeah, that's all I could get in uh, legally. But by the time that happened, um, uh, that uh, that place had closed down. Uh-huh. It had been closed down for uh, like a good five years. So, yeah. Well, at least it was a memorable first concert experience. You got to see the band get yeah. upset and walk off the stage for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> you won't forget that. Uh, I can't remember if it was the ska band Real Big Fish or... The punk band Pennywise, mm. uh, but I remember uh, because my friend's dad used to do the liquor license for that that place, okay, uh, Pickling Cafe, and he used to get us free tickets and let us into the VIP room, nice for the VIP rooms, and so like we would always sit upstairs and you can you're looking down on the band kind of. And anyway, one time during one of those concerts, I can't remember which one it was, but uh, like somebody got hurt and they had to stop the entire concert. Oh, and yeah. Um, yeah, and like everybody had to make a pathway and then the paramedics came in and the guy was on the ground and that whole thing. But anyway, uh, yeah. 
a lot of good yeah. times at that pipeline cafe <laughs> that's cool never yeah. i've been to quite a few venues here in california but never like one that's like the go-to place where i've seen a lot of bands out of few times there's a few places i've been there multiple times but never like more than three probably three times but because in yeah. la you got a lot of venues to choose from oh That's yeah for darn sure <laughs> yeah over here if you're not like uh i don't know if you're not a beyonce right mm-hmm. you're in you know your band people know about your band but you're not that big uh you you would have went to this place uh pipeline cafe uh yeah closed down uh i think they uh they actually i don't know it was like some kind of like money laundering thing i want to say or it was like some kind of crime that happened <laughs> um they closed down it became a bj penn ufc gym for a little while then it became a restaurant and then i think they tore it down and they're redeveloping that whole area <laughs> this is a rough area like yeah, i guess so yeah <laughs> nothing seems to last there were a lot of uh you know crimes drug dealing um uh, just uh you know a lot of homeless and stuff but uh yeah they re- redeveloped that whole area and now it's a it's a high-rise apartments <laughs> <laughs> well that's, that's disappointing yeah Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's a great venue, Dane, in the Shire? The Green Dragon. I mean, is it now? <laughs> Did, we saw uh, Marion. We saw Marion Pippin sing there. The crowd was into it. it. Looked like everyone was having a good time. I mean, that's where all the good Hobbit bands go to play. Is the Green Dragon? Did um, the early aughts My Chemical Romance play there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, maybe I think their name was uh, My Chemical Pipeweed. That's oh, like the I, Hobbit band name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. I've actually seen my chemical romance live. I had no idea who they were at the time. Mm, okay. <laughs> so you saw I've them never before heard their music. Oh. Was it before they got no. big or? No. They, uh, I I I want to say they were big. I mean, I think it was before that that big album that they had. I can't remember what it's called. Like, yeah. Welcome to the Black Parade. Yeah, that Black Parade one. I think it was right before that. Like, I had never heard okay. of that. Um, uh, my Chemical Romance before. <laughs> yeah, like... Anyway. I've never been the biggest My Chemical Romance fan. I mean, they have a few songs that I, that I like, but I just remember working at GameStop. Uh, a friend of mine who oh, worked there, Omar, he comes in bursting with excitement. Like, you gotta hear the song. It's like the biggest greatest new band like you guys are gonna love it he put, puts it in the xbox <laughs> at gamestop before <laughs> i think we're closed or before he opened he plays it he plays the song is like yeah it's okay i guess like, <laughs> like oh, he just overhyped it way too much like i just never got into uh most yeah. of the songs besides a few of them and, and that's the worst part of like people playing music for you and it's like oh that doesn't sound good yeah that's why uh, I, I never like to yeah for me personally, I never like I don't recommend or really push like, oh, you got to hear this song because everyone's music tastes are so different. <laughs> I mean, yeah. even for those who have similar music tastes, you just never know what's going to hit. So like, you like you may love something that's the greatest, someone's going to go eh, or it's not their thing. In my experience, it's rare when you find someone to have the same reaction to you do as a song. <laughs> 
you uh, reminded me of a story. Sorry, I know this is trying to get to the Lord Fellowship in the Ring, but um, so somebody did the same exact thing for me. Um, like you gotta hear this song. This is gonna be like the biggest song in the entire universe slash world slash of all time, right? And so he puts the CD in, and then it's a yellow card. Okay. Um, and it's that Ocean Avenue song. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, that doesn't sound. Yeah, I mean, it sounds great. It sounds great. <laughs> you had to humor anyway, him. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, I have to humor him. Anyway, uh, he. I, some unspecified amount of time lapses. And then he comes up to me and he says, oh, Dane, you know, uh, yellow card is coming down. And. <laughs> You know, do you, do you want to go to a concert? And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> but, like, but you're I a big fan yes. of the song. You loved it. <laughs> but I said yes. And um, so there's this. There used to be this this festival, right, put on by Wu Tang Clan, um, called Smoke Fest. <laughs> uh. This is gonna sound weird, okay, Tim? So, but just go along with me. So it was, it was Wu Tang was down there um uh wu-tang snoop dog and um uh i want to say like eight dog or something and yellow card for some reason and uh so we had to catch the bus and it's where they film jurassic world it's 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 big ranch land right and so it's where they filmed Jurassic World, except they didn't film Jurassic World there yet, right? Obviously. Um, so we get there, and Wu Tang was good. Uh, Snoop Dogg was really good. Uh, I don't remember who the other third rap group was, but um, and the yellow card comes on, and it's dead. <laughs> Man, it's, it's like it's wow, totally... a weird lineup to have. I mean, to throw yeah, I in know. a pop punk band with a bunch of hip hop artists. Yeah, it's, you, you have Wu Tang, right? <laughs> a legendary rap group. You have Snoop Dogg, a legendary rap rapper, and then you have like somebody else who was probably a legend, and then you have Yellow Card. Like, how did they even get on the <laughs> the bill there? Anyway. Um, during the yellow card thing, uh, the, the yellow card show, um, my friend went into the into the mosh pit. And the thing about that area is it's just grass fields, right? So and it it just rained. And <laughs> what happens to you know grass when you know it gets wet? It it gets slippery and it turns into mud when there's a lot of people. Who, running on it and you know going all over it right so anyway it turns into mud he gets pushed over and then uh he breaks his ankle oh <laughs> yeah and, and this is like an like an hour and 15 minutes away from where we we live right and uh so like he he has to go into the medical tent or whatever, and then uh, he gets taken to the hospital. And I'm there left by myself at a festival slash concert. I want to say I was like 13 or 14 years old at the time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, 
I can't remember if I called my parents or if um, I caught the bus home, but I remember um, I'm, my parents being really angry that I went to this concert. <laughs> yeah. And then getting stuck there. Yeah. Uh, all because you, <laughs> you lied saying you liked that yellow card song. <laughs> See, exactly. That's where lies exactly. get you, Dane. Let that be a lesson Don't to the like kids it. out there. Yeah. <laughs> Don't like it. Oh, so Tim Story, he mentioned a, he, he mentioned a Tower Records. Go ask your grandparents what a record store was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is actually a documentary on Tower Records, though. Why don't you I saw it. I yes. saw it. Yeah. By, uh, uh, is it Colin Hanks? What's it? Tom Hanks' son. Yeah, yeah okay. Tom that Hanks makes sense if it was. I don't remember if it was. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. yeah. I mean, we were talking about before we started recording about not having any random questions. And here we are about 20 minutes into the show <laughs> <laughs> talking about a random yeah. question. What a fun one, though. Yeah. <laughs> Our concert history. That's got to be one of the weirdest concerts I've ever been to. Uh, it sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I tried to have a transition into the Lord of the Rings commentary by mentioning the Green Dragon. Then we got derailed to another side track <laughs> discussion. So no transition at all. It's just time to get into our Lord of the Rings fellowship of the Rings commentary. So we are going to minute or from minute 38 to minute 39. So, as always, go grab your VHS copy, your Betamax copy, your Laserdisc, your DVD copy, your HD DVD copy, your projector film copy, your grab your Blockbuster membership card to go rent it, go to the mailbox and get your Netflix physical media copy, get your DVHS version, and the one me and Dane will be watching on, our converted VHS to DVD copy made from our PCs. So, oh, I forget this time. I almost forgot, though. Your UMD copy. <laughs> Cannot forget UMDs. <laughs> so if you got all those, or if you chose from any of those, go ahead and set it up for minute 38, and I'll give the countdown. Dana, you ready? I am ready, Tim. Three, two, one, play. As we start with a nice big close-up of Gandalf, saying the end of the iconic line. And then that is the one ring. I actually need to get back into listening to the audio book of the Fellowship of the Ring by Andy Serkis, because this is this moment here, the chapter uh, Shadows of the Past, where Gandalf was explaining to Frodo and so much more longer in the book. Different dialogues, they like place different dialogue that takes place in this moment here in the books and later moments in uh, the movie, especially in the Mines of Moria when Gandalf is talking uh, to Frodo about Bilbo's history with Gollum and the pity of Bilbo and how Gollum will have a role to play. That's in the book is all said here in this moment, but it knowing that they probably couldn't spend too much time here for a movie. It, I think it's cool that Peter Jackson, Philip the Boynes and Fran Walsh kind of sprinkled those iconic conversations and bits of dialogue Gandalf had throughout the course of the movie, not just in this one scene. And that's the minute. I hogged up the whole minute. I'm sorry, Dane. <laughs> How dare you, Tim? How dare you? But yeah, you have to get back on those Andy Serkis yes. audiobooks because I, uh, about like a month ago, I finished the uh, Two Towers one. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yeah. I know. I imagine that's amazing with him, <laughs> all the Gollum stuff to hear him do that again. A lot of people complain that they don't like it. 
Well, the, really, uh, at least on the Audible, yeah. I mean, are the any Audible comments page. free from complaints? I no matter what <laughs> the source is, I doubt it. This mm. kind of comments are just made for complaining, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. but this means being on the topic of Lord of the Rings, I cannot move on without at least mentioning the big news we got just a few days ago. How Warner Brothers or Warner Brothers Discovery now has inked the deal or renewed the rights to make movies and do Lord of the Rings movies now. So more stuff's coming in Middle Earth, which I am excited about because, and they're just, especially as I've been reading a lot of the books in the early history of the first age, it's like so much stuff is ripe to be told in, in movies and it's going to be amazing. But I am a little bummed into the fact that I was just mentioning the first age stories, how I love them so much and I want to see those adapted. And it looks like, cause I just found out, kind of more on what rights they do have it looks to just be the rights of the lord of the rings and the hobbit books but of course that includes all the appendices as well so more than likely that's where they're going to be pulling from to make new movies and there's tons of stuff in there uh to do some movies for but i just want to see first age stuff (laughs) as i'm reading it that's kind of becoming my favorite age of middle earth um so a little bummed that it doesn't look like any of these new movies we'll be getting will be taken from the first age, but still, I mean, there's tons and tons of history and characters and moments that will make into great movies. So I'm just glad that uh, we're going to be continuing to spend more time in middle earth. Not, I mean, on t- not just with TV, with the rings of power, but now also um, in movies again. And it looks like uh, Peter Jackson and company are going to be involved in some aspect. They put out a press release saying that even during this whole negotiation phase or phase of getting the rights, they were kind of kept in the loop along the whole process. So I think they'll be involved in some way. Maybe Peter Jackson won't direct any, but serving as a consultant or producer, um, I could see that being a likely scenario. So yeah, just cool news to get that more Middle Earth movies are coming and I couldn't be more excited about it to see what type of stories and uh, what part of the history and timeline we're going to get in these new movies. So it should be really cool to have uh, new Lord of the Rings films to be excited for. Yeah, it's weird how how broken up the entire thing is. J.R. Tolkien's mm-hmm. Middle Earth series is like because I mean that, that if if I have to criticize Nerd of the Rings for one thing is that he keeps on saying like oh but that was in Silmarillion and you know it was like this in the Silmarillion and you know they should have just done that. Well, they don't have the rights. That's the problem. That's why they have to make something up. Right. Um, but it's weird how like broken up, like, oh, we can't tell the, the story from, like you said, the first age or whatever, um, because we don't have the rights to it. But we have the rights to the surrounding stories around that, you know, but we don't have the, the rights to that. That origin story or whatever. Mm. Yeah, it's like it seems like the token estate is just really strict on stories for the first age like the silmarillion and some of the other tales from that first age like they're really protective of it i just wonder if they're ever gonna give the rights for some studio or company to adapt that but i mean amazon doesn't have it and now the warner brothers doesn't have it so it's like seems like they're gonna be very protective of those type of stories which i mean is a bummer for us as fans because like again i think those would make for some amazing live action content in sudden middle earth why are they so protective over i know i think maybe it's because like that's kind of the heart 
of Tolkien's, like his personal favorites, for lack of better words, were like he was really into telling those stories and creating tales in that era. And just because that was like his big focus or his main thing he wanted to do after The Hobbit or even a little bit before was kind of telling these type of first age stories and these characters that eventually became part of the Middle Earth mythology. And like Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit kind of became developed afterwards. But his real, I think, love and passion was developing those stories set in the first age. So maybe because they were so important to him, the Tolkien estate feels that they want to be very protective of that. So, I mean, that's just me speculating, but I could see that being the case because everything I've read is like, a lot of the letters Tolkien would write that he would just really into wanted to building up that mythology and that lore set in that era more than anything. He didn't want to sell uh, the rights to Disney, right? Um, did they ever I'm sh- ask? I think that I'm not too sure about. Now that you mention it, I think that might have been something that happened where they at least inquired to try to get it, but he said no. Um, yeah, because of the how uh, they treated. Um, the uh i want to say mary poppins writer mm. oh <laughs> the woman who wrote yeah. mary poppins yeah how they treated her so he refused to sell it to it i mean he i guess he shopped it around but he flat out refused to sell it to walt disney and i know he didn't uh take the beatles off her and make them wanting to do a movie version of it <laughs> that's that would have been weird yeah <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was Paul as Frodo, George as Gandalf, uh, John as Gollum. <laughs> I can't remember who Ringo was. Maybe he was one of the other hobbits, but... It was uh, Sean Bean. Boromir. Boromir. <laughs> he was Boromir. Or maybe he would just be the ring. You know, Ringo, ring. So. <laughs> <laughs> you have to throw him into the lake of lava. <laughs> At the end. So yeah, it was cool to get some uh, exciting Lord of the Rings news. So I, I can't wait to see what we're gonna get. So yeah, it's, it's like the Tim. It's like the Rings of Power was a success. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like it's, it's totally separate from that though. That's the thing. <laughs> like I don't think it really had to yeah. do with the Rings of Power. Yeah, but I'm sure I'm sure the Rings of Power was a really good testing ground for what mm-hmm. they wanted to do, for what they can could or could do. You know. Yeah. It's going to be weird having like the two competing with each other, <laughs> like Warner Brothers and Amazon putting out separate Middle Earth content. But hey, as long as they're good and we enjoy them, bring it on. <laughs> I'm just the more we get, the better. Yeah. As long as they're uh, good and we enjoy them. No, I don't know. It seemed like a lot of people didn't like Rings of Power, Tim. No, they didn't. But <laughs> what else is new? <laughs> I can't, I'm already seeing complaints about Mandalorian season three, and that hasn't even started yet. So <laughs> what? 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 What complaints, Tim? I think what just how like cause, could you possibly have about a show you've not seen? So John Favreau's been doing interviews, and I've read read certain quotes, but again, I'm trying to stay pretty clear of. God, he doesn't spoil anything really, but it's just like I just want to be rather safe than sorry. But people like some of the things he said about the Mandalorian not having. Like, they haven't thought of an ending yet. He wants it to go on as long as possible. So, I'm not being happy about that. And then, still, about the whole thing of the two Mando episodes being in the Book of Boba Fett and how this kind of alienates the audience of the Mandalorian who didn't watch Book of Boba Fett and just kind of rolling into the already complaining about season three. Like, how are they going to do that? Or it's 
they they ruined the ending of season two because the emotional ending of season two had and bringing Grogu back already. So it's like all this stuff people I'm seeing complaining about before online before the season has even started. <laughs> it's like I'm trying to distance myself from that because I am beyond excited to start this next season of The Mandalorian and I don't want to have anything tamper that excitement, which it won't. But it's still a little annoying to see more than I was expecting definitely before the season actually starts. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's my uh, reaction to that. That's my reaction to. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> yeah, it's like pe- people complaining about The Last of Us because, um, like I saw like some video game people like like criticizing the show because it doesn't have the big action sequences <laughs> from the game. You know, it's not a game, so you can't. It's not can't a game, guys. It's, it's not a game. It's a, it's a television show which you sit on your couch and you watch. <laughs> that's uh, that's what it is. Yes, we'll get to the Last of Us at the end of this episode. Because yeah, there's stuff to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess uh, going into what's mainly going to be our feature topic, I guess, is finally getting a chance to talk about. The flat, the full-length flash trailer we finally got <laughs> that debuted on Super Bowl Sunday, the day after we recorded our last episode. So I've been chomping at the bit to talk about this trailer because not only you know it's the movie that we never thought we'd get, and yes, there's still time for it to <laughs> be canceled or pushed back even more. You never know what's Warner Brothers Discovery, but uh, this is a good sign that we got a full-blown trailer. And I know we got that first look sneak peek at Fandom a couple of years ago. This gives us a few glimpses of footage. Which in the little teases of Batman, Michael Keaton's Batman returning there, that was enough to get me excited. But man, this trailer was just full blown Michael Ke- Keaton Batman front and center, Flashpoint being heavily featured and just telling you what this movie's going to be about. And while yes, I knew they were going to be adapting Flashpoint at some point at or in some regards, but I didn't know how like deep they're going to go into it and how much they were going to adapt it, but. Man, it looks like they're going full-blown Flashpoint <laughs> at this movie, and I, I'm excited about it. But I know some fans aren't because they want just the first Flash movie to be about the Flash, and I get that. But at the same time, I cannot help be excited <laughs> that not only we're getting uh, Michael Keaton back, Michael Keaton back as Batman, but Flashpoint is an awesome story, and the fact that um, they're taking a lot of elements from that story to revisit certain things in the DCEU while resetting and moving forward in the new universe, as James Gunn has said. But I just like there are pulling more Flashpoint than I thought they would. And it just looks to be crazy because um, the stuff we're getting, not only this was Michael Keaton's Batman, uh, pretty much being the Thomas Wayne Batman figure in this movie, probably not as extreme as him, but just that team up with Barry. And it looks like there's going to be a moment where he tries to get his powers back through the lightning that strikes that happens in flashpoint because you see that moment in the trailer where they're like lightning hitting almost like a bat a battering or a bat rope that's connected to barry and you, you see him get shocked so elements like that and then you throw in the stuff they're doing with supergirl where i was curious how they were going to going to bring her into the story and it looks like she's playing the superman role in flashpoint where he was held captive he was uh depowered and flash and batman have to go rescue him and the fact that we got that moment in the trailer was just awesome <laughs> seeing uh flash yelling at batman like what are we gonna do and then <laughs> michael keaton as batman just was like try not to die and then you see supergirl come in and just take out the soldiers 
uh, that we're holding or captured. Looks like it's going to be an awesome action sequence that was from Flashpoint, and now we're going to see it here. But with Supergirl playing the role as the Clark Kent in this universe, obviously it's a different universe, so they're able to play around in different versions of these characters. So I do like how they're acknowledging that, yeah, we're expecting to have Clark here as Superman, but it's not, but it's actually Kara in this universe who's filling that role. And it just looks, this is a great way to combining to having Supergirl in this, but using that uh, story aspect in Flashpoint for what's happened to Superman. Cause I did like that aspect of Flashpoint and how Superman was um, in that version. So seeing all that in the trailer was awesome. And then just getting, I wasn't expecting, I think this was well known for those who were keeping track of spoilers for the movie that, um, Zod was going to be back, but that was a surprise to me. And seeing how we're going to revisit moments of their invasion in Man of Steel when there is no Superman there, um, that looks. I, mean, I wasn't expecting that. So that's part of the whole crazy timeline stuff that I'm excited that this movie is going to explore, like different versions of what the DCEU could have been on, uh, depending on the circumstances. So that's going to look like a lot of fun. You got uh, Ben Affleck in this trailer, not only as Bruce Wayne, but certain shots of him as Batman. With a blue cape and cowl, which the first time we're going to see that on screen in a movie in a long, long time since the Adam West version. And that looked cool to see. So, I mean, this as a DC fan, there's just so much to eat up and enjoy and just be excited for. And like I said, this trailer was full-blown featuring Michael Keaton as Batman. It was a great buildup. You had the music playing. You had the reveal of the – you see a shot of the Batmobile under the tarp. And then you get that awesome moment. I mean – yeah, could you say it's a little on the nose? Yeah, but I'm glad it's there where Barry's just in shock. And he just goes, you're, you're, and then he just goes, you see the first shot of Michael Keaton front and center with his, the cowl on? Just going, yeah, I'm Batman. And just hearing him say those words again uh, was just awesome to hear. And then the scene of an action fighting like we never got to see Michael Keaton fight before as Batman, thanks to some uh, CGI techniques. <laughs> but just seeing this version of Batman like never before was awesome. And I'm really already liking the dynamic he's having with Barry in this. So this movie looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, just a lot of stuff to eat up as a DC fan. And knowing too how it is going to be a big movie that shapes up and kind of resets things in the DC universe, I'm really curious to see how they're going to pull that off as well. And I'm just loving the excitement and confidence that uh, James Gunn is having for this. I mean, he's hyping it up a lot, saying he loves this movie, even though he wasn't involved with it as this was being made before he was brought on to be the head of DC. And now even the fact that it's going to be shown, I believe, at the Keynes Film Festival, like several months before it comes out. So it seems like um, the those at Warner Brothers at the head of DC are really kind of proud of this movie, and they want uh, to get the excitement out for there and get it out to the fans as soon as possible. So I'm just liking everything I've seen and hearing about this. This was just a great first look. And just knowing... All the production issues, delays, and even actor issues they've had with this, you needed to put out a trailer to get people to think that it's all going to be worth it with this movie, worth the wait, worth the struggles, all that. I think that trailer really did that for not only me, for but I know a lot of other DC fans I've seen online too. So I thought this was a fantastic trailer, and I just really one of my most anticipated movies of the year. So I think it looks great. Yeah, I'm... Uh... Uh, it's it's not for me. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I, 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 <laughs> it was great to see the Keaton Batman. Um, yeah, it's it's not for me. Uh, I I tried to find like one thing that really made me uh, 
maybe excited for it and I just can't find it. Um, maybe it's the Keaton thing, but you know, like, does it just become a Keaton movie then? If, if, uh, if he's going to be featured heavily in it, and you know uh, what? at this point, I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, can't go wrong with it, but yeah, it's, it's not my thing. I, I really, I don't like Ezra Miller as Flash. I couldn't get over it in the in the Justice League in the brief scene he's in in Batman vs Superman. Yeah, I just I just can't. I, I I just don't like him as Flash. That's all. Um, hopefully this is the end of that and we can move on and hopefully they bring out something better. Yeah, that's that's all I'll say because uh, I I don't want to be too negative. Jim. <laughs> well, I guess it's safe to say this will be a solo Tim review when the movie comes out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's gonna be a Tim. You know what? Just give me the the three second Cliff Notes version. Let me uh, copy your homework a little bit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> then you could chime in here or there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's not for me. Um, oh, that Supergirl looked pretty interesting. That's a, that's what I'll say. Yeah. So, so you found something. <laughs> yeah. You know, some different, you know, let's, let's go full steam with that Supergirl. See what, see what we, uh, what we can achieve. Yeah. It will be interesting to see if they're going to continue with, uh, this version of Supergirl, this actress that's playing her. Um, for the new Supergirl movie that they have planned that was announced in their first slate. Uh, yeah. You know what, unless... Tim? It's gonna have. She's gonna have to test really well with a lot of really uh, complicated test audiences before <laughs> that happens. Test audiences. I mean, it, yeah. how about just general audiences when the movie comes out, not test audiences, because you can't always rely on those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Uh, that might be something they're waiting on, just to see the reaction to this movie. Because I'm sure the Supergirl movies, they got they got some time to <laughs> cast and see what they want to do with that. So. Oh, they had a lot of time with that Green Lantern movie, Tim. Uh, and Slash it. series. <laughs> slash series, yeah. Will I get any yeah. Green Lantern Easter eggs in the Slash movie? That, Maybe you'll that see like a green, over the top uh, <laughs> green fluorescent bulb. That. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm so desperate. If I just see a flash of some type of green light, I'll take it. <laughs> It'd be really good. Um, I'm probably going to ruin this movie for you, Tim, but um, it would be a really, really good um, stinger scene. mid credit scene. Mm-hmm. If they had something with uh, Green Lantern there. Oh, it would it would turn it would just turn the movie from if I if I think the move if I love the movie I think it's a ten a Green Lantern post credit scene will make it eleven. <laughs> yeah, sure it would, Tim. I'm I'm sure I'm sure you would scream it out and out loud. You would say it proud. Uh, you would probably have a heart attack, a mini heart attack. <laughs> have to go to the hospital and uh, recover, recover, you know, and be healthy and stuff. But I think that just might make you have a heart attack. It'll be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> no complaints for me if that happens. <laughs> <laughs>
so yeah, that, we finally got our first look at the Flash trailer. I thought it looked awesome, but the one disappointment I have was I didn't see it in the movies when I just saw Ant-Man Quantum in the Lost Quantumania. I was going to expect, oh, I'm going to see the Guardians of the Galaxy new trailer, which we got, um, the Flash trailer, um, we didn't get. So I was disappointed with that. Um, so that was the only negative <laughs> with the Flash trailer was not seeing it yet on the big screen. But speaking of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, uh, I guess we can get, get into some reviews now on here because I did see that recently. And, of course, it's a comic book movie, Marvel MCU movie. Got to talk about it here and give my thoughts on it. Because if you look online, Quantumania is not being received the best, <laughs> especially when it comes to... <laughs> Uh, other MCU movies, as we know, that they usually, for the most part, get a good critical reception and a good audience reaction. But this one is kind of the worst we've seen, um, actually. So, really? um, is it, yeah. Is it worse than um, Eternals? It's about on par with the Eternals. Mm, I see. It has like a 40% or something like that on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is what Eternals had. Yeah. So it's uh, kind of on par with that. So... When I, I was kind of seeing that before I saw it, but when after I saw the movie, I was like, man, this is going to be something where I'm going to disagree with <laughs> a lot of the consensus here because I really, I really enjoyed it, actually. There were certain things I guess I can understand where some people might not have some issue with, but for me, I just it was just a really fun time. And the one thing I liked about it is how they just went full-blown sci-fi in this movie. I mean, the previous Ant-Man movies... Were more heist films, um, a little more grounded. I say grounded loosely because, you know, someone who can talk to ants and shrink and grow. So <laughs> that's not very typically grounded, but it never got into like the big sci-fi, cosmic, mystical aspects of the MCU. But this one, it really did when they enter the quantum realm. I mean, they're only in um, on Earth, for lack of better words, <laughs> or in the normal realm because they're technically still on Earth. But like the first 15 minutes of the movie then the rest of it's all in the quantum realm and it was just like they were in another universe like i said they just went full-blown sci-fi with alien environments alien creatures um some cool unique concepts it was just great that i just liked that they really dived into that for this ant-man film and it was it was a fun time um but the biggest thing that makes that i really enjoyed with this movie um which i think even those who didn't really like it would agree on was Jonathan Major's performance as King the Conqueror and knowing how he is going to be pretty much the big Marvel villain for uh, this saga, the multiverse saga. You can don't tell me, him. Tim, Tim, don't tell me it. Don't tell me the name of the last one. Come on. Oh, man. Just think of a name of a movie, a pretty big one. <laughs> uh. Don't tell me it, Tim. Don't you ever tell me it. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to have to because mm. you're causing me doubt that you're going to get it if it's taking you this long. Theranos. Theranos. <laughs> no. uh, so you're actually no. thinking of the name of the character, which we you got. We had to tell you on the last episode, so you couldn't remember, Dane. Don't tell me, Tim. Theranos is the name of no. the blood company that... <laughs> went bankrupt because they didn't have their technology straight. Okay. Yeah, that's so it. <laughs> it. But I know I'm close. I know I am close. Yeah. <laughs> You're dead on there. But, oh, no, it doesn't, be, it, it doesn't begin with a B. 
<laughs> Thanos. 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 There you okay. go. Okay, okay. Theranos was the blood company that um, went bankrupt because they didn't have the te- their technology straight. Theranos <laughs> sounds like Thanos, who was the villain in the last phase of the Marvel Universe and was in Endgame and dies in one of them movies. Okay, I got it, Tim. <laughs> Well, I, I could ask for a better description of the last saga of the MCU. I, well done, Dave. I, I don't want to impress too... Uh, I mean, I don't want to show off, Tim. But I think I got it. <laughs> I appreciate the humility. <laughs> it's it's taken me 15 years, Tim. But I think I got it. <laughs> for however well, start, long these movies. Like, yeah. Start remembering the name Kang, Dane, because Kang. he's going to be a big part of the Marvel movies going forward as the main villain. It's and a simple uh, name. Jonathan King. Majors. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's Jonathan Majors. Um, yeah. Well, and... I, you see, the 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 good thing with that is I actually really like Jonathan Majors as an actor. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. That, that won't be too hard. And he was awesome as King oh, and Batman in the Lost Quantum Media. He was a great villain, and we actually got it. You know, our first taste of Jonathan Majors at the season finale of the Loki series as He Who Remains, who was the first variant of King. And I guess I'll go those spoiler warnings out here if you haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania yet. But the whole deal with King is that there's tons of variants of him throughout the multiverse. And the King... Like all the different variants of Kangs came together because he like he was the first one to discover that there was a multiverse and different variants of himself, and that led to kind of a big <laughs> multiverse timeline war. They go into that in the Loki TV series, how, um, and then Kang felt that he, well, this gets a little complicated if you don't watch it. So trying to explain it might be a little confusing, but I'll just say all the different variants of Kang came together. There's a multiverse war, and they had to banish. Kang the Conqueror, who we see here in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, because of what he was trying to do <laughs> and just kind of wipe all of them out. Um, they banished him in the quantum realm, and he builds this empire in the quantum realm, quantum realm rules over, over everyone there. And that's obviously once they, Ant-Man and everyone, Ant-Man, his daughter, the Wasp, uh, Hank and Janet Fim, uh, they, oh, they're all trapped in there. And once they realize they need to get out, they have to, of course, come, they have to defeat King in order to get out because uh, he has the only thing that will allow him to escape uh, the quantum realm. And he has a history with uh, Janet Van Dyne, played by Michelle Pfeiffer. When she was trapped in there, they kind of developed a friendship there as she tried to help him escape. And he promised her he would be able to take her home if they repaired his ship, which contained like a multiverse engine, which would allow him to escape the quantum realm. And but once she found out, because it was, it's like connected to his mind this this device. And when she touched it, she saw who he really was as an evil conqueror, but not from his point of view. Uh, so when she saw if that what he really is, and if they were able to escape, he would pretty much conquer Earth, and she couldn't do that. So she destroyed it or shrunk it actually, um, to where he couldn't gain access to that. But once Ant Man joins or gets into the quantum realm, and he sees that he has the ability to restore the his multiversal engine or energy that he needs for a ship to escape. That's where he gets him and um, tries to make a deal with him saying, 
like the, your typical villain stuff where if you don't get this for, get this for me, I'll kill your daughter type of scenario. But Jonathan Majors just plays it so well and just could be <laughs> really menacing, and you know not to mess with him when, when he makes threats like that. And he just has a presence in this movie that was just really great. And it's you just know, like you said, he's such a great actor because this is totally different than what he did as another version of Kang in the Loki finale. Totally different. This one, the one in the Loki finale was more playful, fun, but this one was just all business. <laughs> and uh, what's Kang really wanted to show his display of power, he really let loose, and that was awesome to see. And knowing that he's going to be the main villain in the next Avengers movie. This is knowing that this is probably just a taste of what Kane's going to be able to do um, when he's on full display here, just taking on Ant-Man and the surgeons of resistance, freedom fighters trying to overthrow his empire. It just makes you cannot wait to see what he's going to do against uh, the Avengers um, in future movies. So if the biggest win for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was the debut of King the Conqueror and what Jonathan Majors can do in this role was just fantastic. Um, I do have one concern about how the movie ended going forward. Um, again, I threw the spoiler warning out there, but um, it appears that Kang dies in this movie. And it's not definite because it's almost like when they were trying to escape the quantum realm, um, he gets pushed, uh, like sucked into this other, I forget exactly what it was called, but almost like he got sucked into like another dimension type thing where it wasn't actually, there was no dead body. He just got like sucked into some, into some, vortex or portal so i took it that he could still be alive but the post credit scenes where you get um three other variants of king kind of the ones who banished him saying oh the conqueror is actually dead <laughs> type of thing like they were shocked that someone was actually to actually kill him so they think he's dead which makes me kind of believe oh is that the case but that post credit scene was great because we just get this big gigantic council of kings where you just see this big stadium full of different versions of jonathan majors as king and it was just incredible to see all these different versions so it's like are is one of these going to be the main villain because the next avengers movie is called avengers the king dynasty so which you know going into it makes me think that the villain we're going to see here in ant-man and the wasp quantumania is going to move on and continue into the next avengers movie but now i'm thinking is it's going to be um, a different version of it, as we saw in this post-credit scene, or is it going to be about this whole uh, council of kings, like a bunch of different variants of King being the villains of um, the next Avengers movie? And King has a long history in the comics, and it can be a little complicated and convoluted, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how they deal with it. But the one thing I concerned about was that I just love this version that we got in Ant-Man of King the Conqueror that. I don't want this to be it where he was only the villain for this movie. The way Jonathan Majors played him in this one, I want to see this version of Kang go up against the Avengers. Um, so we'll see. I, I personally don't think he's dead. I think he will come back, uh, even though the other members of this Council of Kings thinks he's dead. But um, hopefully he comes back because he was just great in this movie. I just want to see more of this version of Kang. But I think... Jonathan Majors is going to have an awesome time diving into these different variants and roles as Kane the Conqueror. I mean, I think he's just going to enjoy showing his range as an actor to play all these different versions and variants of technically the same character, but being different. So it just left me really excited about the future of the future uh, Marvel movies and the Avengers movies, having Kang be uh, the main villain in all this, because Jonathan Majors showed that, you know, Thanos is a tough act to follow, but when it's all said and done, I don't know, Kang might be the, the one to maybe 
at least live up to that or maybe even surpass it. We'll see. But the potential is definitely there because he was awesome in this role. And yeah, just the movie in general, again, it was just a lot of fun. I just love they went full blown sci fi. I found it to be funny. Um, Paul Rudd is great as Scott Lang, as always. And <laughs> I got to mention, too, Dana, are you familiar with the character Modoc in Marvel Comics? I believe so. That's that big head thing. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 He was in the movie. <laughs> really? As yeah. What? Doing what? He was kind of like uh, Kang's assassin, like his go to, like his lackey to take on, uh, to wipe out any insurgences and just someone who tried to be his second in command, but Kang didn't knew his uses and didn't really put much stock into him, but just knew he could take out enemies when he needed to. Um, but the way they pulled it off, but be having a giant head, I mean, it's it's hard to pull that off in live action. And I thought for the most part, they did a pretty good job because it was funny. Um, do you remember the villain in the first Ant-Man movie? No, I don't. Okay. No, I do not. Yeah. Well, pretty much the villain in that movie got sucked into the quantum realm and you thought he was dead. But actually, uh, when he was sucked in there, Kang found him and he turned him into Modoc. Like what was left of him, all that remained was his head. So that's kind of this MCU version of Modoc was they turned Darren Cross, the first villain in the Ant-Man movie, into Modoc. Um, and it, <laughs> I don't think it's going to work for everybody, but uh, it's Ant-Man. The Ant-Man movies is the right way or right franchise, I think, to introduce them. One that is more kind of towards like the more comedic aspect of certain things, and I thought it worked well for the way he was using here in the quantum realm, but it was definitely a sight to behold seeing the giant head of that character from the first Ant-Man movie just float around and cause in certain instances, pretty uh, massive damage to the people he was trying to take out here. So <laughs> it was definitely a choice that they made, but overall I thought it worked pretty well. And uh, spoiler alert again here, um, his death scene was one of the most funniest moments in the movie. I'll say his like final words of what he was saying to Ant-Man. It was just, it had me cracking up. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I got a kick out of seeing a live action mode on, <laughs> which is something I never thought I'd see. So yeah, overall, I, I really enjoyed it. I had a fun time with Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. Jonathan Majors as Kang was amazing, sets up uh, the potential for the future uh, Avengers movies. So I'm excited for it. Um, so I was going to give it a solid three and a half out of five um, for my review of Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And uh, we were actually talking about this after we started rec- after we recorded our last episode, so you didn't, those listening didn't get to hear it. But I was shocked to find out that Dane actually really liked Thor: Love and Thunder, which was an MCU, MCU movie. I thought he would never even bother seeing, <laughs> let alone actually really like it. So look, th- look, I I I love Taika, right? Mm-hmm. I I I love his television shows. I love his movies, and I love his Thor movies. And just the fact that they decided to just go full comedy on this one. Um, I know people give it a lot, of, a lot of crap for being very, very inconsistent. Uh, with the stage four cancer that Jane has, and then, you know, the, 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 the humor in, uh, in the show. I mean, in the in the movie, but I really, really enjoyed it as just a fun adventure. And I think that's what most people sort of lose the 
lose the thread on is this is just a fun adventure. It's not supposed to be serious, as serious as, you know, oh, you know, the Kang is coming sort of thing. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. You know, have kind of a heartwarming story with, with Jane and Thor. Um, and had a, a lot of comedy, which which I which I enjoyed. And uh, the the crowning achievement of that movie has to be, and I know you gave it a lot of crap, and I know a lot of people gave it a lot of crap for it, but Russell Crowe as Zeus in those Zeus scenes, <laughs> I I was cracking up the whole time. Yeah, I totally love that movie more. I know this is sacrilege, Tim. I know I'm I'm about to uh, make you not talk to me for the rest of of our natural lives here, but <laughs> uh, I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed Wakanda, Wakanda Forever. Um, wow, that's saying something thought, right there. Yeah, I thought uh, Wakanda Forever was really good. Um, you know, the Chadwick Boseman tribute in the beginning. And towards the end, I mean, at the end, it was really nice. Um, Agile Bassett was really good in it. Um, yeah, I, th- I yeah, think she's uh, gonna get that Oscar. I hope she does. She yeah, deserves she it. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was that was the inconsistent movie for me, um, especially right when you get to that chunk, that middle chunk of the movie where um, I forget her name. Uh, the the new Black Panther uh, goes into the underwater city. Mm. Uh, I thought that was really inconsistent. But anyway, uh, like overall, I totally love Wakanda Forever. I just love Thor a little bit more, uh, just because it's it's the whole lack of caring. It seems, uh, you know, let's make this this superhero joke, sort of. You know, and not in a bad way, not like, you know, let's make fun of him. But let's, you know, write him as a comedic character because all this self-serious stuff is is great. But, you know, it's it's nice to have something to laugh at once in a while. Yeah. And to have j- just have a regular adventure. I don't think it really. Besides the Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't think it really crosses over with anything. Um. And you know it's pretty much just a solo Thor adventure, which uh, which I loved. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised to hear you say that. I mean, I don't hate it. I mean, it's just it's definitely one of the weaker ones, in my opinion, <laughs> for oh no, okay. but see the reason I bring it up is is I with Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania. Besides, I think you're really gonna enjoy uh, Jonathan Majors, but other than that. I don't think it'd be your type of movie, but now hearing what you thought about Thor is like, oh, maybe Dane will really like Quantumania like I did. So <laughs> that kind of threw yeah. me for a loop as far as what now <laughs> I think you're going to like in MCU movies going forward. <laughs> I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely see when it comes on Disney plus. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, Thor level thunder. I really like Thor Ragnarok too. I, I um, really like Ragnarok. Yeah. yeah I, I love Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, and like I mentioned after we stopped recording uh, two weeks ago, was I really want a spin off Disney Plus show about um, 
uh, Matt Damon uh, and the Hemsworth brother yeah. and um, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. I, I want that spinoff. Oh, don't forget Sam Neill. Television show. And Sam Neill. Oh, my God. How can I forget? <laughs> you know, I, I really want that spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> It would probably be more enjoyable than Thor Love and Thunder. Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> you've ripped my heart out of my chest and stomped on it. How dare you? <laughs> no, no, no I, can, I, can, I, can, I can definitely see why people don't really like it. Um, again, the main thing being the inconsistency. And, you know, it's, again, it's the Thor, solo Thor adventure aspect of it. You know, I, I I can really definitely see why people didn't like it, but I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly <laughs> yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah hey. Especially it, especially after playing God of War Ragnarok <laughs> and seeing that Thor. <laughs> oh yeah. We're talking and, about opposites. Uh, Odin. Right? <laughs> yeah, Odin and Heimdall. Especially Heimdall, that's another character that you uh, yeah. <laughs> you come across in that game. Um, but yeah, j- j- just seeing that fun-loving Thor, um, I can see why people don't like it. But uh, I actually yeah, gotta, it was definitely. I got to revisit it because I haven't watched it since it came back, since it was put on Disney Plus. I only saw it the first time in the theater, so it's about time I should yeah. revisit it. Yeah, it's. Um, I don't expect it to change your mind or anything, but uh, yeah, I can see why people don't like it. You know, I will. I will say though, I mean, he was underused, but Christian Bale, of course, made for an awesome villain. That's course. Oh God, yeah. This. You could, could. They could have done more with him, which was, <laughs> I guess, my complaint with it. But man, he was great as always. A great sympathetic villain. Yeah. You know, uh, I I know a lot of the Marvel villains are sympathetic villains, but like. I, I feel like he was a little more more of a sympathetic villain than most. And um, yeah, I want to see the, I, I, I think their next, or Taika's next uh, idea for Thor movie is, uh, um, is a road movie. Um, um, like him, you know him and his daughter going on, going on the road. No, yeah. well, I'll, honestly, I, I don't think Taika's going to be back for a Thor movie. Yeah. That's true. That sucks, but you know. Well, we'll see if his Star Wars movie comes to fruition. I mean, technically, it was announced, officially announced that he's still involved, but given with the track record of Star Wars projects <laughs> getting announced and directors leaving, uh, doesn't put me much stock or to fully accept that his movie will happen. But as of right now, it's still on the slate, so we'll see if he still ends up doing that. Him and uh, uh, Ryan Johnson. The, the the most hated man in Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> you know what? I would be. There's a part of me that would be concerned about a Taika Star Wars movie just being so different and out there. But at the same time, it's like he showed he can do some great Star Wars with the season one finale of The Mandalorian. So he has it in him. I just think he might need to rein himself back a little bit in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's sad. I felt I felt the season one finale of The Mandalorian had just the right amount of his type of humor, especially with those two scout troopers in the beginning. Like yeah. that's as far I think it should go. Ah, <laughs> uh, you, you know, first you don't like Thor: Love and Thunder, and now you, you're 
you're bashing Taika. Yeah. See, after I said I, I like Thor and Love and Thunder, I just didn't love it. And after I said I did a, he did a great job with the Mandalorian, you take that as Taika bashing. But <laughs> only you would take it that way, Dave. I mean, the greatest gift that Taika has given the MCU is definitely the screaming goats <laughs> from Love and Thunder. Uh, those started things. off funny, but. <laughs> it kind of was overused I'll say that <laughs> so yeah Dane recommends Thor Love and Thunder I recommend it I mean the Wasp Quantumania so <laughs> I do Jim I actually two of the more divisive movies in the MCU <laughs> I actually really love the Marvel movie that you don't like you know, Again, I said I liked it, <laughs> but it's still one of the weakest ones uh, compared to MCU you, other movies. Now you're lying to yourself, Tim, and that's where <laughs> we have a problem. You didn't like it, Tim. You didn't like it. You didn't like the jokes. You didn't like the screaming goats. <laughs> you didn't I like some of the jokes. I like the screaming goats the first time they were introduced, but... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like... Thor's axe getting all jealous of Mjolnir. That was the com- that was the one comedy bit I really did like. I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess that's our MCU reviews for a, a recent movie and a movie that came out several months ago. So <laughs> uh, keeping up to date here with the MCU. But uh, I'm sorry, you're gonna say something, Dave. No, no, I was just, I was just laughing at what you said. Like, oh yeah, we finally reviewed a three-year-old, a three-month-old movie. <laughs> no, it's longer than that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it came out like July of 2022, I believe. So yeah, it's several months ago. Oh, that was before, before uh, Wakanda. Yeah. Uh, I see. Uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah so. Sorry. I guess continuing on with our reviews, we can get into the latest episode of, of The Last of Us. Um, episode six, right? That's what we're on? Yeah. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. And I, you were kind of teasing at the end of our discussion for the last one, because you said you didn't watch the preview clip for the uh, this episode, where you asked me, Tim, does the, like, the season change at all? And I went, yeah. yes. It's very snowy in this one. And that's all you yeah. said. <laughs> you were just gonna yeah. that. But yeah, just another really great episode. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like that it hasn't been great before, but I think Pedro Pascal' performance in this one was his best yet, <laughs> along with two with Bella Ramsey as Ellie. That moment they had um, in in the room of that house where she was just pretty much saying that she needs him and she'd be more scared without him when he's trying to have his brother Tommy take take her to where she needs to go. Like that moment was just so well acted. And even to Pedro Pascal just talking to uh, uh, his brother Tommy, kind of saying he's how he can't do this anymore. And that's all, all he does is fail those he loves. And just, man, like give give him the Emmy. <laughs> he was fantastic in this episode. And I was curious. I thought there was going to be kind of how the preview set it up, where there's going to be like a big fallout uh, between Joel and Tommy, uh, for whatever reason, um, and obviously it's been a while since they saw each other, and then learning that 
Tommy was going to have a son. And that kind of was put a little strain on their reunion, but nothing really big happened where like they became enemies. I thought it was going to be somewhere like Tommy became a bad guy. They'd have to like uh, fight each other, not like a fisticuffs, like brawl with each other, but they, he'd be an antagonist and they'd end up being on opposite sides of whatever. But it didn't go that route, which I was glad to see. I mean, obviously they had a little riff. Um, they were able to repair and, but I just did like how the direction it went where again, just exploring how Joel was really feeling as a person going through all this, but at the same time realizing, you know, him, he needs to be the one to take Ellie and not Tommy. The fact that he gave her that choice. And I just loved how <laughs> instant Ellie's like, when he said that, I'm going to give you a choice. And he just like, throws on the bag. Like, let's go. <laughs> Didn't even really get him a chance to finish. All that stuff was great. Of course, leading up to, the moment where he gets uh, stabbed and obviously, you know, this um, is going to be the end for him here, but I still wasn't expecting that to happen <laughs> and to where um, that's where the, how the episode leaves it. So I just thought all around, it's a great episode, just exploring more of the characters of Joel and Ellie and just really get into, you know, how, especially Joel in this one, how he's feeling and dealing with all this stuff and just put that in with great performances uh, from Pedro Pascal, this was just another really great one. And but now I'm curious, Dane, to see how closely it was to the games <laughs> and that moment <laughs> and some of the big moments here. I do know that that moment, the conversation he has with Ellie in the bedroom there, was pretty close from just yeah. the reactions I saw online, and that they did a great job with that. Yeah, that whole uh, you know, you're not my daughter, and I yeah. certainly ain't your dad. Um, you know, like, uh, I, I can't remember the line directly, but it was, uh, you know, everybody has left me, everyone except for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one. Um, you, you don't know what loss is. Yeah, that's, that's, that whole scene was pretty much taken from the game. Um, I think also, I read, I think one of the showrunners, yeah. like, said the only difference was, was that, like, Joel and Ellie were like an opposite ends of the room in the game. <laughs> like that was like the yeah. biggest change from it. <laughs> right. Um, also the, uh, Joel isn't stabbed. He is, he, um, th- they're both attacked by, by these guys and Joel, uh, falls and lands on a piece of rebar. That's the, Oh, okay. <laughs> that's the, uh, big difference. Yeah. Um, but for for tomorrow's episode, we're recording this on Saturday, the 25th. But remember those three guys. Um, I think it's going to be a flashback episode because Riley was in the in the teaser. Okay, correct and me if I'm wrong, it, Dane, because it yeah. looks like obviously it's with Ellie and a friend of hers. Wasn't that like some DLC content? Or yeah, the first that was game? the DLC for the first game. Okay, yeah. that is a story and a half <laughs> <I'd say. laughs> that is quite the story uh looks like they're adding a lot more into it with uh ellie going to school and stuff and, okay you know things like that but um the, the main thing is riley and uh ellie that's that's the main that's probably going to be the main story after that things are going to get really real <laughs> let me tell you tim um there's gonna be a character named david that's all i'll say <laughs> Okay. Uh, I, I'm not sure if they're going to go to that extreme. Maybe, I'm pretty sure they are because, you know, judging off of the show, what they've done in the show so far. But, um, yeah, there's going to be this character named David played by uh, 
is it Nolan North in um oh, okay in the game? He he plays Nathan Drake, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the Last of Us, he plays this guy named David. It's a totally different role than he's usually cast as, but uh, yeah, things are gonna get really real really fast. Probably after this episode, it seems like, because it seems like this next episode is gonna be totally um, a flashback. But um, yeah, I I really enjoyed uh, this episode because. If I had a complaint, it was the complaint that they weren't being literal in what Joel was feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not really sure he's done terrible things, right? But he's not really scared of that. What he's scared of is he feels himself starting to, you know, open himself up to Ellie and treating her like his how he would treat his daughter, yeah. you know, thinking of her as his daughter. That's what he's truly scared of. He's not scared of, you know, smashing a guy's skull in with his fist or um, all these other things. That's just an excuse, right? And that was the main thing that they really hammered home in this episode that you don't really get in the game, uh, to be fair. Oh, Uh, interesting. (laughs) Yeah, there's a couple of moments. Like, uh, I can't remember which city they're going through. And um, Ellie sees a a giraffe for the first time. She's never seen a giraffe, obviously. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really nice, beautiful moment um, that has, like, zero gameplay to it. And, um, yeah, like, the, the, that was the main thing that, uh, you know, with this episode and, like, the thing that I really, really um, latched onto is how they sort of explained how what Joe was feeling and how he, he you know, he, I'm sure he's traumatized by what he's done, but what he's really scared of is, you know, thinking of Ellie as his daughter and caring for her and loving her, right? Yeah, uh, and that's potentially losing her, obviously. Yeah. And potentially losing her. Um, and you'll see that in probably the final episode. Um, now for this one, Dave, yeah. Uh, yeah. in the game, where they're at, where they're at in this episode, this town and village, uh, was this yeah. kind of like a pit stop in the game in the story, where it's mainly like story, cutscene, exposition stuff, or is there actually gameplay moments in that town that the show didn't adapt? Um, no, there's no action scenes here. It's it's mostly just walking around and seeing the town. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty much just. Um, I I think you have to fight back a couple of um um uh, uh bandit attacks but i think that's about it okay um another thing they did really well was they switched the roles of tommy and his wife maria where it seems like maria is more in charge of you know i mean they they say it in the show they they run that town as a as a commune right uh-huh. and through a council and she's part of the council and in the game, it seems like Tommy's in charge of all of that. Okay. And in the show, it seems like Maria sort of has a bigger role in it. Uh, I really like that change, too. Um, but, yeah, I... I <laughs> you see, I had a small complaint, and they answered it. See, so <laughs> it's it. see what I didn't do there, Tim? I didn't get on my Twitter account and tweet angry stuff about how they're not sticking to the 
the Bible of the game or whatever, you know? So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the episode. And uh, bring your tissues out, Tim, for this next one. Oh, boy. So awesome. <laughs> uh, the the, the oh boy. two things you, you really want to remember for the future is those guys that attack Joel and Ellie. Uh-huh. Those three guys, you want to remember those guys. Okay. And you also want to remember, I don't know if you remember, but back in that, back in that uh, Kansas City uh, episode, when uh, Joel and Ellie are hiding out from the the patrols in that store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember what Ellie said? Refresh my memory. She said, um, "You know, they're attacked by the by, by the." Um, those guys, and then Ellie has to kill, yeah, mm-hmm. or shoot somebody. Oh, she, she, she said it wasn't the first time. Yeah, you okay. want to remember that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I this show continues to amaze me. I, I don't think there's been a bad episode, at least in my opinion. No, uh, I don't think so. But I think these, pet, yeah. these last two in particular, have just been like. Like ten out of tens, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the beginning of the episode where um, you see Henry with the gun after he's killed Sam. Then um, you know he puts it to his head, and then you hear Joel scream, and then it cuts to winter. That's mm, pretty much yeah. how it happens in the game. I remember you telling me yeah. that on the last episode where it just like it just immediately goes to <laughs> the next sequence yeah. of the game. It immediately goes to the next section. So, yeah, not a bad episode. Uh, I've I've dropped behind on every single show that I've, <laughs> that I've been watching, especially the Bad Batch. Um, will that will that be the case for Mando though? I mean, we're gonna have two Pedro Pascal yeah. led series going at the same time. <laughs> what a great year for Pedro Pascal! Right, <laughs> he's got this show. He's got M- Mando. What a great year for ants also, you know, the, the cordyceps virus goes into ants right now, <laughs> at least you get Ant-Man Man. and the wasp. <laughs> what a great year for ants. I never thought of, I didn't think of that until now. Wow. <laughs> Got 2023, the year of Pedro Pascal and ants. <laughs> So but yeah, yeah uh, just another great, another for this great next episode. episode, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're definitely gonna want want to watch this one when it comes out, not wait a day. Oh no, I never do. I mean, it's become must-watch yeah. Sunday TV. I mean, this is how it was for House of the Dragon for me, where like I just couldn't wait every Sunday night to watch it. Last of yeah, Us. Right. After these last two episodes, it's reached that point for me where I, I'm just looking forward to everyone now. Oh, and really? I will say this, Dane. I yeah. I bought the game, The Last of Us Part One. I did get it. Did. <laughs> Yes, you, I saw you, it was on sale last. The, yeah, I saw it was on sale. Like I'm gonna take advantage of it. I'm gonna get it. I, I want to start it sooner rather than later. So I'll mm. probably be maybe even before this weekend's over. Maybe I'll start a little bit of it. But I think I told you before too, where I don't even if I do start playing it, I don't yeah. want to get too far ahead of the TV show because it's like I'm already invested in how the TV show is telling the story. I'm gonna let that be the version <laughs> of how I experience it. For the first time, so I doubt anyway, knowing how slow I am with starting games and I'm playing a game right now anyway, that won't be the yeah. case, but I'm definitely going to be starting it soon. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. 
Well, to be fair, uh, this is the beginning of the final act. Um, not not this flashback, uh-huh. but um, uh, what's going to happen next is the beginning of the third third part of the first game. Okay. So we're in the home stretch, and um, I don't know if you saw, but The Last of Us Part Two is actually on sale this week. I saw it was um, like ten bucks only, like when I when yeah I was looking yeah. But I'm gonna hold off because I'm hoping for by the time I finish playing The Last of Us Part One, and you know, this I got an onslaught of games coming out beginning in April, <laughs> where. By the time I'm ready to play The Last of Us Part Two, it'll become like a, a free PlayStation Plus game to download, and I'll just get it that way. So <laughs> um, yeah. that'll probably be the case because, man, it's, it's going to be a great year of games, even though it's too many coming out at the same time <laughs> that I want to play yeah. once we hit April. So yeah, you're right. So so what was it with these last two episodes that really got you got you going? On, uh, just, uh, I mean, Last of Us. Just the way the story is moving forward, and just especially with this last one just the character development between ellie and joel and the one before that with uh sam and his brother uh, i mean just that was just a heartbreaking story but it was just told <laughs> so well done too that it just it just really hit you it was like one of those episodes that you thought about after you watched it <laughs> for a few days right. so it just i just felt really hit its drive with storytelling and the characters uh, in these last two. Wow. Tim really, you you really bought like, Last of Us. Wow. Post-apocalyptic setting, regardless of how I feel, it's just overused way too much. It's almost like it just—it's like an afterthought of just like the real crux of the story. It's really about the characters, which is yeah. really what I'm clinging to in the Last of Us series. Well, I mean that—that's that, all the Last of Us is. It's the—it's the characters, Tim. Mm-hmm. It's not so much the the clickers, yeah, or the zombies, you know. But at least in the yeah. show, like when they did show up in episode five, that made for a great action sequence. Yeah, and these people that aren't that that are complaining about like the lack of the action sequences from the game, that was taken from the game. Mm-hmm. You're sneaking through the museum, you know, and trying to avoid uh, the clickers. Yeah, so I don't. And the the watchtower with the the sniper rifle with Joel on the sniper rifle, and you're trying to like snipe the 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 clickers uh, that are attacking uh, attacking Henry, Sam, and Ellie. That's from the game. I don't see what uh, let's see what these guys are complaining about. <laughs> Always got, there's got to be a section that complains about something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, another great episode. Looking forward to tomorrow's and the few that we have left because I don't. You said there's only ten, right? So, which is usually the standard for HBO. So yeah, just four more to go. But in my okay. case, anyway, at least I got the game to look forward to experiencing it again. So <laughs> yep, that's. Uh, I don't know how you're gonna feel about it, Tim, but that is a game that I just can't return to. I, I know you, you mentioned know, that yeah. not only for this one, I think yeah. you felt that way more about the second one too, <laughs> like even yeah, more so than the first. It was more of the second one. Yeah, I just can't go through that experience again. <sighs> but uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, you can relive you it through it. my experience, I guess, when I tell you what yeah. I think about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad you bought it, Tim. Um, can't wait to hear what you think when you finally do start playing it. Um, but I do have a question about 
the other show we were supposed to talk about, which is uh, The Bad Batch. Uh, was there big changes in recent episodes? What was the last episode you watched? Was for the, Did you watch any more from since we last recorded? No. Okay. <laughs> then, yeah, you still haven't seen probably two of the best episodes of the season where some big changes happen. So <laughs> like 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 big big franchise changes. It's like um, it's stuff you yeah. knew that happened, but we're finally seeing it how it happened in the universe, which is pretty big. Uh, okay. So. Okay. I gotta get back on that show, yes. Tim. It's just the last of us just drains right. me. <laughs> I don't know. It's the only franchise that does this thing. But you got the you got the bad batch earlier in the week on a Wednesday, so you can watch that. Just have a few yeah, days. But and... I, I don't like to watch it until Friday. Right, okay, I gotcha. Yeah. I respect that. <laughs> so, so yeah. yeah. Um I, I'm I'm glad you you bought you love the show and you bought the game. Um and uh yeah, I can't wait to hear what you think about the game when you finally do play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we soon. I gotta play it before April, before Jedi Survivor comes out. That's my goal. Oh yeah. <laughs> Man, see all these gameplay previews and yeah, yeah. that's good. that's the start of like an onslaught. So you got Jedi Survivor at the end of April. Then the biggest one, I mean, anytime there's a new Zelda game, it's my antici- most anticipated game of the year. Tears of the Kingdoms in May. And then Street Fighter Six comes out in May. That's looking really cool. And then the other big one for me, Final Fantasy Sixteen is in June. I mean I, there's no way I'm gonna <laughs> have Zelda done probably. Oh. Knowing how big Breath of the Wild was, I expect nothing yeah. less from Tears of the Kingdom. So that's my that's my conundrum right now. Not being able to play or finish Zelda before a new Final Fantasy game's out as well. <laughs> now, let me ask you about Zelda really quick. Are they gonna do the do the thing where it's like you gotta bring like sixteen swords into a dungeon <laughs> because it keep breaking? I think that breaking mechanic's still there, but I, from what I've seen and speculating, it looks like you'll get, you'll have more swords available to you. <laughs> like every time you defeat yeah. an enemy, you'll probably be able to have a new weapon. But that's the one yeah. dynamic of Breath of the Wild I wish they weren't bringing back. <laughs> right. I get trying also, to be realistic, the, uh, but it's more yeah. of an annoyance. Also, the, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of open world games. I love open world games, uh, especially the Assassin's Creed series. Uh, as of as of late, um, the one thing I don't like about open world games is when you have to unlock stuff so you can do the thing, right? Mm-hmm. So like, I want to climb up that mountain because there's a treasure chest up there, but I can't do it now. Because I don't have enough stamina, right? Uh. And that's the problem I had with Breath of, Breath of the Wild, where it's just like, ah, like so. So what can I do then? Oh, okay, I can go to go into the dungeons. I better gather twenty five sticks so that I can <laughs> fight half the boss. You know, I can drain the boss's life halfway down. And then I gotta stop and go out and get another twenty five sticks to drain the rest of it. You know, and then I sound like you're going to the wrong bosses at the wrong time. And then you, and then you defeat the boss, and then you get like a little bit of XP, 
and that's it. And it's like, what did I do all of this for? It's been an hour since I started this. What what was the point of that? But anyway, I'm sorry, Tim. I'm sorry about complaining about your favorite game. Um, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I guess on that note, then. With Dan complaining about uh, his ex- early experience with Breath of the Wild, I guess that's the note we'll end this episode on. After some positive talks about The Last of Us, Ant-Man and the Wasp, the flash trailer for me anyway dane has to come back and end it on a, a negative note so thanks a lot dane. i'll just throw it to you, to you for a negative outro so go for it you know so sometimes i just want to fight the boss is all i'll say i just want to show up and i just want to fight the boss i don't understand what's so hard sometimes i just want to go when i'm traveling just to ride a horse but, oh no the horse got lost for some reason I can't get the horse back. Well, that, that seems more of a your problem. I never had that problem with the game. <laughs> uh, I want to get that treasure chest up on that mountain. I can't. Why? Because I don't have a sweater, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let me go look online. Let's see what people... Is, is there a workaround? I can, I can go around, you know? Okay, first you got to collect... The- See, I got to fight back a little bit on that. That's the beauty of Breath of the Wild. You can do things even though you're not prepared and equipped to do it. Like, you could go fight the final boss if you wanted to with the sticks and that thing. Uh, The option is there. You can get that stuff far out there if you want. It's going to be harder to do it, but you do have the options to do that, which is why Breath of the Wild is so incredible. It is just, yeah, but the the chest that you want to get to has your sweater in it. That's the thing. But to get to that point, that. <laughs> but to get to that point, okay, let's first gather chili peppers, and then a few other ingredients. Wait, I don't know how to make this stew, this chili stew. Okay, so I gotta go find the recipe. I found the recipe. Okay, let's make like I don't know. You think you think we? It'll take five chilies. To climb that mountain? Okay, let's try it. You get a quarter of the way up, and you're totally out of chilies. Okay, so now I'm going to climb down. I got to go repeat that whole thing again and make, I don't know, 18 chilies so that I can get to the top of the mountain. I get to the top of the mountain. It's freezing. I've run out of chili. I don't have a sweater, and I die. That's the story. Uh, That's the story of life. Period. <laughs> wow. See, I know I know the moment you exactly that you're talking about. Because one of the first things you have to do in the game, but I did not have that much trouble <laughs> getting up that mountain. That's for sure. Okay. I I don't hate that game, Tim. I just I just I just dislike it very much. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <sighs> I, it, it got hyped too much. You hyped it up too much for me, Tim. Sure, blame it on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, blame me the fact anyway. that you don't know where to get the chili in the sweater. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, on that negative note, well, Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Uh, and it's and it's frustrating mechanics 
Let's end this show by saying go over to the BatmanUniverse.net, Facebook.com slash BatmanUniverse. Twitter handles at BatmanUniverse. Show's Twitter handles at BatCastPodcast. Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311, who loves Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, my Twitter handle is at DanesesBanana. Rate and review us on iTunes. iTunes doesn't exist anymore. It's Apple Podcasts. And uh, if you want to email the show, you can email the show at BatFansWithoutPants at gmail.com. So with that, let me say at the end of every single episode, Tim. We love each and every one of you with all of our Zelda Breath of the Wild loving hearts, no matter what lies Dane tries to say about the game. (laughs) Except for me. Except for me. I don't have that heart. Sorry. Yeah, you just need need to get more heart pieces from the game, then you'll have a bigger heart to love the game. It's just more time to die. Uh, maybe we'll see you next time. I don't know if I'll be recording. <laughs> next episode's up in the air. We'll see. <laughs> oh, we'll see you guys next time. Maybe. Yeah.